Section 22 of A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3, by Henry Charles Lee. Book 7, Chapter 3, Part 5. The San Benito. The San Benito, or penitential garment, was the invariable accompaniment of reconciliation and prison, constituting together the carcel y abito of the sentences, although it was not exclusively reserved for such cases. It was not invented by the Spanish Inquisition, even though we can scarce agree with an enthusiastic writer who traces its origin to the fall when God made the delinquents put on penitential habits of skins, corresponding with the sacos benditos now used in the tribunals. The penitential habit of sackcloth sprinkled with ashes, customary in the early church, has passed into a proverb that the penitents of the Inquisition should be required to wear such a garment was inevitable, and, from the foundation of the institution, in the thirteenth century, they were distinguished from other penitents by two yellow crosses, one on the breast and the other on the back. From Americh we learn that in Aragon this garment was like the scapular worn by the religious orders. This saco bendito became known as the San Benito, or, more commonly, abito, and was necessarily inherited by a new inquisition. In 1486, at the Toledo Auto of December 11th, 200 penitents, reconciled under the Edict of Grace, were required to wear in public such a garment for a year under penalty of relapse. For those reconciled after trial, the infliction was more severe. In 1490, Torquemada ordered that they should wear during life a San Benito of black or gray cloth, 18 inches long and 9 inches wide, like a small tabard, hanging on breast and back, with a red cross before and behind, occupying nearly the entire field. This was hung over the outer garment, and was a conspicuous indication to all beholders of the shame of the wearer, rendering it a punishment regarded as exceedingly severe. In 1514, Jimenez changed the cross to an Aspa de San Andres, a St. Andrew's or oblique cross, of which the bars traverse diagonally the breast and back. Finally, the instructions of 1561 describe the abito penitencial as made of yellow linen or cloth, with two red aspas, although in some parts of Aragon there are particular customs as to colors which must be observed, referring probably to the use of green cloth in place of yellow, which seems to have been the case in Valencia and Sicily. In some tribunals there was also in use, for those who abjured de vehementi, a San Benito de media aspa, or half-cross, consisting of a single diagonal band. Those who were to be relaxed appeared in the auto de fe in a black San Benito, on which were painted flames and sometimes demons thrusting the heretic into hell. Llorente tells us that abjuration de levi was performed in a samara, or yellow San Benito without aspas, but I have met with no allusion to its use. The distinction between the San Benito de dos aspas 
and the one de media aspa was maintained and the former was understood to indicate that the wearer had been guilty of formal heresy that he and his children were subject to the consequent disabilities and that he was liable to the stake in case of relapse the latter was worn only during the auto de fe after which it was laid aside although in the early period the san benito was imposed perpetually the expression is to be taken in the same sense as imprisonment as a rule the two were coterminous and the sentences are almost invariably habit and prison for two years or perpetual or irremissible as the case may be where indeed the heresy was trivial or technical rather than real or the conversion seemed genuine and spontaneous the san benito was merely a symbol to be worn only during the auto or even for a briefer period although it none the less left its ineffaceable stigma there were gradations suited to every case as is well illustrated in the granada auto of may twenty seventh fifteen ninety three where in three cases it was removed after reading the sentence in two after returning to the inquisition in two after twenty-four hours one of these being the licentiate juan fernandez who had judaized for thirty-six years in one case it was imposed for two years and in another for three and leonor fernandez had two years of san benito and four of prison it was even put on the effigy of doña inés de torres from which it was removed after reading the sentence because she had confessed and died as a Catholic, with ample signs of contrition. Thus the tribunal could vary the penalty at its discretion, and was not bound to the rule of coterminous abito y carcel. In the Toledo Auto of March 15, 1722, two girls of fourteen, Manuela Diaz and Maria de Mendoza, were sentenced to six months of prison and two months of San Benito, while in that of February 24, 1723, Manuel Jimenez had perpetual prison and one year of San Benito. From the fact that, in the sentences, the penitents are told that they are not to go out of their prisons or their houses without the San Benito, it is inferable that it was not worn within doors. Discarding it, as we have seen, was a grave offense, punishable as non-fulfillment of penance, and in the edicts of faith the denunciation of this as of other infractions was required there was one occasion however in which this was done on a large scale with impunity for in the palermo rising of fifteen sixteen against the inquisition there was a universal throwing off of san benitos when order was restored and the tribunal was re-established there was a fruitless effort made to reimpose them in 1522, the Suprema wrote to inquisitors Calvete y Cervera, calling attention to this as a great disservice to God and a heavy charge on the souls of the penitents, who must be compelled to resume them, and all secular and ecclesiastical authorities were commanded to assist. Then again, in 1525, Inquisitor General Manrique insisted on the resumption of the San Benitos but at the same time he cautioned the inquisitors not to cause scandal or trouble, and we may assume that the attempt was practically abandoned. Cruel as was the imposition of the San Benito, it was a punishment inherited from the elder inquisition, 
but Spanish ingenuity invented a still more cruel use of it to stimulate the detestation of heresy. This was the preservation of the Sanbenitos, with suitable inscriptions, conspicuously displayed in the churches, thus perpetuating to future generations the memory of the crime and punishment of the delinquent. The origin of this may perhaps be traceable to the ceremonies observed in the early period, when penitents were relieved of the abito. As described in 1490, at Barcelona, they were assembled in the Inquisition and preached to by the Inquisitor. A fortnight later they gathered in the parish church of Santa Maria del Pino, and heard mass. Then they marched in procession to the chapel of Our Lady of Montserrat, again heard mass, offered twelve dineros apiece to the Virgin, and passed the night, after which their sanbenitos were taken off and hung in a prominent place near the door. Of course, in the case of those who were burnt, the sanbenito was hung up at once, and this remained the rule, as we learn from the instructions of 1561, the San Benito of the Reconciled was hung when it was removed, whether during the auto or after years of prison, that of the relaxed immediately after the auto. The custom must have been of gradual growth. There is no allusion to it in the Instrucciones Antiquas, nor have I found any indication as to the time when it became imperative, except that, in 1512, there is a decision of the Suprema expressing the will of the king and the cardinal that the sanbenitos of the relaxed and reconciled of the Campo de Calatrava shall be hung in the churches, except those of the reconciled in the time of grace, and that, if any of the latter have been hung, they are to be removed. This indicates a custom favored by the authorities, spreading, but as yet subject to question. It had already passed to Sicily, where one of the incidents of the rising of 1516 was the tearing down of the sanbenitos in the churches, and so great was the popular detestation of it that, at the end of the century, it had not been possible to restore the practice. It mattered little to the descendants that the sanbenitos of the victims in the early years had escaped this publicity. The perversity which inspired it developed into such malignity that, in 1532, the Suprema ordered the tribunals to make from their records lists of all burnt or reconciled, even under edicts of grace, and to suspend in the churches whatever sanbenitos were found to be lacking. The inexcusable cruelty of including the voluntary reconciliados under edicts of grace caused this portion of the order to be revoked in 1538, but, in 1539, it was declared inapplicable to those which had already been hung. If they had been removed, they must be replaced. The question was revived in 1552, and opinions were divided, but the decision to retain them prevailed. Meanwhile, in 1548, the Suprema stimulated the tribunals to fill all vacancies, whether arising from omissions or the surreptitious removal of old ones, and it ordered the hanging of new ones as soon as the autos were held, in order to anticipate the complaints and importunities of the sufferers and their kindred. Then, as though the tribunals were slack in their duty, in 1555 the order of 1532 was revived and repeated. 
The willful viciousness of this is indicated by the instructions of 1561, which point out that, as those reconciled in time of grace are exempt from wearing the San Benito, so their San Benitos ought not to be suspended in the churches. The object was the cruel one of perpetuating the infamy of the victim, and rendering it as galling as possible to his kindred and descendants. As the San Benitos wore out, or became illegible with time, they were replaced, and finally superseded by yellow linen cloths, bearing full details of the name, lineage, crime, and punishment of the culprit. Originally they were hung in the cathedral of the city of the Inquisition, but this did not bring the disgrace sufficiently close to the descendants, and, in some places at least, they were ordered to be transferred to the parish churches of the delinquents, whose infamy was thus kept alive in the memory of their neighbors. A single instance will illustrate the spirit actuating this. In 1519 the Suprema ordered this transfer made by the Tribunal of Cuenca, but the command was slackly obeyed, and was repeated in 1529. Then the descendants of Lope de Leon and Alvar Hernández de Leon, residents of Belmonte, petitioned the Suprema, saying that the wives of Lope and Alvar had been reconciled. They were natives of Quintanar, where they had committed their heresy, and the descendants now begged that the San Benitos be hung in the church of Quintanar, and not that of Belmonte. To this the Suprema replied, April 15, 1529, by instructing the tribunal to hang the San Benitos in the residence of the descendants, in a place so public that the reconciliation of the women should be notorious to all. It is true that the descendants secured delay until the pressing orders came of 1548, when, on November 9th, the San Benitos of the women were hung in the church of Belmonte. This policy of distribution cannot have been universal, for, when the Toledo Cathedral desired to be relieved of the great accumulation of San Benitos, the Suprema forbade it, adding that if it was desired to have them in the parish churches, it must be done with new ones, leaving the originals in the cathedral. At length, in 1538, the inquisitors Yanez and Loaysa distributed them among the parish churches, when Sebastián de Orozco tells us that it caused infinite misery to the descendants, leading them all, or nearly all, to change their family names, so that in Toledo the names actually borne by the conversos disappeared. Change of name was not the only device resorted to by the descendants, for they were constantly at work removing surreptitiously the evidence of their infamy. As early as 1518, the Saragossa Tribunal was ordered to prosecute with rigor those who had abstracted them from the Dominican Church. Their zeal was stimulated by the fact that the inquisitors, in making up the records, included all who had been reconciled under Edicts of Grace, thus affording legitimate ground of complaint, as shown by a long-continued struggle at Freyhenal. In 1556, Dr. Ramirez, inquisitor of Urena, protested to the Suprema against the efforts of the people of Frejenal for the removal of the names of those reconciled in time of grace. It would leave but few, for, in 1491, there had been 357 reconciliations there, of which 354 had been under the edict. 
to render ancestral infamy more accessible to the public, besides the sanbenitos, the names and details were inscribed on a tablet of parchment. This became torn and nearly illegible, and, on August 23, 1563, it was solemnly replaced by another, written in large letters, with printer's ink, and varnished to ensure its preservation. The secret warfare waged against this perpetuation of infamy is described, in 1572, in a deposition of the familiar Rodrigo Carvajo. The people of the town, he said, were mostly descendants of conversos, resorting to perjury and every other means to conceal their origin. The sacristans were generally conversos, who connived at the methods employed to destroy the evidence, and the sanbenitos were stolen. There used to be 599, and now there were only ten or a dozen, worn and torn and so placed that they could not be read, while the tablet with the names was gradually being defaced and rendered illegible. Thus it continued until 1576, when Inquisitor Montoyo brought to Frejinal a new set of sanbenitos prepared from the records, which were duly suspended, and a tablet containing names and details was placed where all could read it. This list shows the obstinate persistence with which the names of the spontaneously reconciled were retained. It contained a hundred and sixty-two relaxed, and four hundred and nine reconciled, all, with very few exceptions, in the years from 1491 to 1495. There were none between 1499 and 1511, and none later than 1511. Struggles similar to this were doubtless on foot in numerous other places. The churches themselves do not seem to have looked with favor on this desecration of their sacred precincts. At Cuenca, there was apparently an attempt to hide the sanbenitos, of which the tribunal complained in 1571, when the Suprema ordered it to see that nothing was put before them, even on feast days. The parish church of San Salvador, at Cifuentes, went further, and in 1561 appealed to Pius IV, explaining to him the Spanish custom, and representing that not only was the attractiveness of the church marred by the prominence assigned to the sanbenitos, but that they led to many scandals, all of which would be prevented if they were removed to some less prominent place or laid away altogether, but that license from the Holy See was requisite for this. The Pope gave the required license, subject to the assent of the Inquisition, to the removal, which, of course, rendered it inoperative. The Cathedral of Granada was more fortunate, for when, in 1610, Inquisitor General Sandoval consecrated as Archbishop Pedro González de Mendoza, the latter asked him, as a special favor to his bride, that she should be relieved of the San Benitos. Sandoval assented, and the permission came soon after Mendoza had reached Granada. It was celebrated with great rejoicings and ringing of bells. The San Benitos of the Moriscos were transferred to the Church of San Salvador in the Albicene, while those of the Judaizers were hung in the Church of Santiago, which was the parish church of the Inquisition. Even when there was not this open antagonism, there was apt to be neglect which was practically more damaging. 
1642, the Valencia Tribunal learned that some of those in the cathedral had fallen and were allowed to lie. It made an investigation, and, from the report, it would seem as though every available spot was thus decorated, and that all required attention for their preservation. The sacristans promised to do what was necessary, but apparently they had been quite willing to see them disappear. Conscious of this ecclesiastical indifference, and of the constant effort of those interested to make way with the visible records of their infamy, the Suprema was incessantly active to counteract the results. The instructions of 1561 insist imperatively on the duty of hanging the new sanbenitos and renewing the old, so that the memory of the infamy of heretics shall be preserved for ever. And inquisitors, on their visitations, are commanded to see that the parish churches are kept with unbroken lines of the montetas and insignias of their culprit parishioners. Philip II was no less urgent. In his instructions of 1595 to Manrica de Lara, he calls special attention to the subject. There are San Benitos now to be hung, and others which have never been hung, apparently through favoritism, for which the inquisitors deserve rigorous punishment, for this is the severest penalty which the Holy Office can inflict on heretics and their descendants, and Manrique is to see that all deficiencies are made good. In fact, the most pressing business of the inquisitor in visiting his district was to attend to this. In 1569, the Suprema ordered everyone, before starting, to have full lists made out of the relaxed and reconciled of the region to be traversed, and, in each place, these lists were to be compared with the existing sanbenitos, and all that had disappeared were to be replaced. In 1600 and 1607, these instructions were repeated with still greater urgency, as a matter not to be neglected for a single day, in view of the evils that would follow. That nothing was to be allowed to interfere with this pious duty is seen when Valencia had no money wherewith to defray the expense of renewals, and was told to borrow it from the Depositario de los Pretendientes, the sacred deposits of those seeking to prove their limpieza, which were thus used to preserve the muniments that might destroy their hopes. How, in fact, the sanbenitos were employed for this purpose is indicated in a perquisition conducted at Tortosa in 1577 by the inquisitor Juan de Zuniga. The sanbenitos were carefully examined and lists were made out, classified firstly into those of which the trials could be identified and those of which no trace could be found in the records, and secondly into the penalties inflicted then two of the oldest residents, a notary and a priest, were summoned. The lists were gone over with them, and their evidence was taken as to the descendants of the culprits, especially whether any had changed their names so as to elude disabilities. Thus a close watch was kept on them, and every care was taken that the infamy of their ancestors should be lasting. As the seventeenth century wore on, it would seem that the zeal of the tribunals in the matter of San Benitos was flagging. A general carta acordada of February 27, 1657, assumes this, in calling their attention to the instructions of 1561, 
and to subsequent orders of similar import. As many autos de fe had recently been held, and as it was understood that, in some places, the sanbenitos had not been hung in the churches, the tribunals were commanded forthwith to make out lists of the relaxed and the reconciled, and to have corresponding sanbenitos suspended in the churches, as well as to renew the old ones which were worn out. In view of the importance of this to the service of God, a full report in detail was imperatively required to be furnished within four months. This may have excited the tribunals to spasmodic activity, but, if so, its influence was but temporary, for, in 1691, we find the Suprema ordering reports as to the length of time that had elapsed since San Benitos had ceased to be hung in the churches. Lists of deficiencies were called for. The old San Benitos were to be examined, and statements were to be rendered as to what were lacking and what had become illegible, so that the Suprema might take requisite action. This looks as if the custom had been falling into desuetude, but it was by no means abandoned, and as late as August 26, 1753, when a deceased delinquent named Horstman was burnt in effigy at Valencia, two San Benitos were ordered to be suspended, one in the cathedral and one in the parish church of San Lorenzo. Still the same tribunal furnishes, in 1783, a refreshing evidence of the decline of intolerant zeal in the gradual diffusion of enlightenment. The cathedral had been undergoing restoration, during which the sanbenitos had been carefully stored in a room of the Inquisition. On the completion of the work, the tribunal suggested to the Inquisitor-General Beltran that it would not redound to the service of God or of the public to hang them up again, to which Beltran assented. If the chapter did not ask for them, the tribunal was not to raise the question, or to do anything in the matter, and, from an endorsement on the letter, it is to be inferred that the sanbenitos were allowed to repose undisturbed. It was not to be supposed that, when the Cortes of Cadiz, February 22, 1813, abolished the Inquisition, it was satisfied to permit the continued existence of the sanbenitos which perpetuated so many dreadful memories. A decree of the same day recited that Article 305 of the Constitution provided that no punishment should extend beyond the criminal to his family, that the means by which, in public places, the memory of penalties inflicted by the Inquisition was preserved, brought infamy on families, and even exposed to evil repute persons of the same name. Therefore, all portraits, pictures, or inscriptions, recording the punishments imposed by the Inquisition, existing in churches, cloisters, convents, and other places, were to be removed or blotted out within three days after receipt of the decree. The condition of Spain was not such as to ensure any wide obedience of this decree, although it is scarce likely that the French armies had left many sanbenitos hanging in towns occupied by them during the war. What occurred elsewhere may probably be guessed by the example of Majorca, when the constitution of Cadiz was enthusiastically received, and the sanbenitos were removed from the church of San Domingo, but they were providently stored away and were again hung up after the restoration in 1814. 
In the Revolution of 1820, however, they were torn down and burnt, and the Inquisition was leveled to the ground. The custom of suspending in the churches the habitelli, or San Benitos, of the reconciled and relaxed, seems to have been borrowed by Italy from Spain, at least in some places. It is to the credit of the Roman Inquisition that it disapproved this barbarous practice, as appears from a decree of 1627 ordering them to be removed from the Cathedral of Faenza and to be secretly burnt. End of section 22